You are listening to a Stick Boy We Talk production in association. William Arbuthnot, alongside the ultimate babyface, Mr. Joel Johnson. How's it going? And the center. What's good? What's good? What's good? And you are listening to your wrestling podcast. How is everyone going? It has been a busy week in the world of professional wrestling. We had two pay-per-views going on. One of the most anticipated WWE pay-per-views of all time. A very good New Japan show, but like we always seem to do at the beginning, we go to Joel for the AEW report. Tony, Tony may need to stop saying, I, I don't know what the solution <laughs> is for announcements because like I, I know a lot of people are upset where this wasn't something bigger than what it was, but at the same door, time... See this... a push return, signing Jay White. Streaming Just, service. I, that partially is our... It, it partially our own faults for speculating and pointing the guns at our own feet, but also you can deflate that balloon really quickly if you handle it properly. Uh, but I, on the flip side, like I'm just playing devil's advocate with this is you got to think Warner is like, you, if you guys are going to do this, you have to plug this. Yeah. So for them saying this is an important announcement, basically saying, hey, this another hour of TV you're giving us, Warner, is important, and we want to plug it, and we want to push it. You could have done it a different way that would have yeah. not created this rampant speculation. But at the same time, as John Oliver says, you know, there was business daddies, and you have to sometimes appease business daddies. And this is one, I think this is probably one of those times where it's like, yeah, we're going to make Warner feel extra special, especially with our ratings being a little bit lower. We want to keep that relationship with Warner as, as clean and as tight as possible. So let's, let's really plug in this extra hour of TV. And this could be a great thing for AEW. I'm, I'm not sure if, especially if this is going to be featuring what Adam Cole went through, who, arguably could be your number one baby face moving forward you it's it's going to be interesting to see uh but i think they 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 under delivered again on an a little bit but i mean also the good news is it seems like the show's coming in march what's the hour that follows aw joel oh it's a it's an excellent hour of cinema you get to watch people get slapped in the face. Yeah, that's gone by power slap. That's that's the highlight of all this. That about power slap, power slap is gone. So it's that's fantastic. Yes, so that's that's fantastic. The power slap is gone. Um, other than that, uh, I'll get your thoughts really quick on the show. Senator, did you watch AW tonight? Nah, I literally, I literally was out, got back, nice. and. and um started and did a test episode for the reality show podcast that i'm starting so very nice make sure you check that yeah. out um uh, so we won't spoil too much from the show i will just say you know i thought oh, the first ahead. 45 minutes of the show was really really good i think they're doing a really good job of building to the pay-per-view brian and mjf was solid uh apparently mjf and his fiance aren't together anymore and internet sleuthing is undefeated uh, for people to figure that out after Max kind of dropped that bomb in the promo. So I thought that build, that was really good. I still think this revelation card, there's too many matches on this show already from what they showed. It was, there's what, five other matches on top of the the Iron Man match? It's going to be a freaking long show, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Pay-per-views for AEW rarely miss but it's going to be long and I'm going to be on overnights that week. So it's going to be even longer. Yeah. I'm calling provincials so. that week. So I won't be able to see it. It's a Sunday too, I believe. Right. So I'll be probably be watching that Sunday. On Monday. 
So even when I can have a Sunday, then I have games on that night too. So yeah, uh, I thought, you know, pretty good show from AW. Uh, let's stay in the world of AW for two seconds uh, because this was part of the, the weekend. This was probably the first or second biggest story of the weekend outside of the results of the chamber and results of New Japan was Ariel Hawani versus Tony Khan. Um, a lot of people thought Tony Khan or Shivani would have a dig. No digs from either one of them. They took the high road and didn't say anything. Um, just get your guys' three opinions really uh, us Our three opinions. I'll go really quick then go Senator then to Joel. All I'll say is this is number one, I'm really happy for Ariel for someone that is a Montreal kid to get to experience everything he did at the Bell Center to do the voiceover, to be in the crowd with GSP, someone that he got to cover for years for uh, the UFC after being ex- uh, taken out of the sport pretty much from Dana White and the grind that he had to be in that sport. Really happy for him on that side of things. I didn't like the snowman comment. I thought that was pretty bad, pretty unnecessary. I don't think you really needed to do that. I thought it was pretty lame for him to do the snowman comment. Yes, attentions are high and emotions are high. He called you a fraud, which any journalist, broadcaster does not want to be called. But Ariel, you know, it, it's a it's a dicey road. He has said that he's not a wrestling broadcaster, but and he doesn't per se report news outside of the Saudi sale, but he does interview MJF and Thunder Rosa, and he's interviewed Cody Rhodes. So there's a, a dicey road right there when you're doing interviews with those uh, athletes. It's a it's a dicey road there. I thought the snowman comment was unnecessary. Tony was unnecessary. He didn't need the, the step out of line. Weirdly, dissing Shivani, who is a broadcasting legend in Atlanta and took it as a serious baseball analyst. I thought the whole thing was messy. whole thing was unnecessary. Uh, it's weird to hear him talk about everyone in the back popping for him of uh, doing the diss to Tony Khan. So everything that Tony has said, he kind of comes out the winner on the side of it's true of everyone kind of being against him in the back there of that's how Ariel got the second night with GSP is because of the dig that he took in him on Twitter. Uh, Michael Cole doing what Michael Cole did. I, I get it from Michael Cole's side. He's just trying to prep up Ariel because now he's on their team and whatnot. Um, it was just a messy week overall as far as legit media uh, and, and the Ariel signed to Brandon Thurston asking the sale question in the presser and some WWE Mark skinny mad at him for asking a legitimate question at the presser compared to some of the softballs we had like triple H was literally asked, why are you so great in that presser? Which was such a joke. Uh, but just taking it back to the aerial thing and then I'll go to you, Senator, then to Joel. I-, I thought everyone was bad at play here. I'm happy Ariel got his moment this week and I hope he's more involved in the company because he's a great journalist overall, but I just thought everybody was bad at play and I really hated the snowman comment. Uh, Senator. Um. There's always a there's always a moment in time when you stop and you're like, this is this is bad for the industry. I don't I don't see anybody looking good in this situation. Um, I tried my hardest to to try to see who came out on top, and from yeah, all of it, nobody did. And in those ones there, that's like the worst type of situations and. Um, I got through half of his response back to Tony Khan um, on the MMA hour. I I couldn't finish it. Uh, Tony did a horrible job. Like I don't I. As much as you were trying to do an equivalency, but you just put down your own guy. So it just it was just like unnecessary i think the highlight of the whole thing was michael cole during elimination chamber yeah. uh but when he's the highlight because of a comment that he made it's just it was just it was just horrible it yeah. was unnecessary just horrible and i hope that it stops yeah joel i just the whole thing didn't need to happen tony didn't i you can like if you're looking from both perspectives, you can see why Tony's upset. You can see why Tony got riled up, but it doesn't mean Tony should. Just because you're riled up and upset about something doesn't mean you go and do it. No. And he went and did it, buried Shivani, and then you've given Hawani a bunch of stuff to go off with. And he goes off, he says the snowman comment, 
which you read that and I roll, I roll my eyes. I'm like, all right, this is, this is great. And then when he goes on his whole little podcast, I don't report wrestling. You can search WWE report for through his Twitter. And there's a bunch of stories. He's broken. Logan Paul. Uh, there's, there's, there's a bunch Sorry of, them. you can go through it. Yeah. Like he's broken stories. So when you go around and say, I'm not a wrestling journalist, but I will report on this. I will. And it's always the good stories for WWE. It's always those stories that look favorably for the company. Bring in Logan Paul. We're not being sold to the Saudis. Different things like that where it's not, it doesn't, it's more positive than negative where, where you have like a Sean Ross Sapp and uh, a Dave Meltzer that hit, hit on both sides. Uh, you can say what you will about Meltzer and AEW, but with the Hawani thing, it's just like, okay, you didn't need to go on your MMA hour and go on and on and on about how everyone loved you in WWE and were giving you high fives and giving you little claps on the back and going, yay, look at you, you you got Tony. It's just, the whole thing was a joke and I just, I I have nothing else, Josh. Yeah, and just on your part too, Joel, uh, when he goes on Bill Simmons, which he does about every four months, Simmons says, "Let's we're going to talk about MMA and wrestling. So can you remind me, who are the employers of Ariel right now? It is, is he unemployed or is he employed he is by? employed by BT Sports, who covers the Which WWE. Is... And he's employed by yeah. The Ringer, who work with the WWE. And Bill Simmons is making the Vince McMahon documentary still. So, you know, when uh, he ever he goes and bills, he's like, Ariel Hawani is going to talk to us about, he always says three things. Ariel is going to talk to us about, Mixed martial arts and wrestling. And then as a fan, he's going to talk to us about the Bills as a fan. So this is coming from mm-hmm. his boss at The Ringer and Bill Simmons, l- indicating he will talk to us about mixed martial arts and wrestling, period. And then as a fan, he'll talk to us about the Bills or the Knicks. So that that's a separation right there where his boss, and Bill Simmons, is already indicating that this is the guy that covers wrestling. So it... Yeah, and then it's a dicey line there, right? Like I, I kind of look at myself, right? Of, I, I think Pollock hit hit this the back. John Pollock was the best of as us as gets to this point. We don't report news, but as being wrestling podcasters, right? Mm-hmm. Per se, um, where's the line of when you go onto a product like that and where you shift? Because then alliances do change. John Pollock brought up like I would not do a voiceover, I would not do any of those things. Because I am a reporter to a degree. And I think that, I mean, every you can say all the stuff you want to say about Dave and Sean Ross Sapp. They've both been in both pressers, but they've never been on TV and showed as Dave Meltzer or Sean Ross Sapp. I think the only time Dave Meltzer's ever been shown on TV as a reporter is Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yeah. Yeah. And that's mostly because he's at the front row. And, I, and it's PWG. So it's it's the biggest indie. It's not a major promotion. There's no bias to really be shown at all. So no. I like Ariel. I think he is a damn good MMA reporter. I think he's a damn good journalist ever. And his story that he's had coming from immigrant parents from Egypt and the whole story that he's had being a Canadian, always going to assert with him being a Canadian. I, I love Ariel. He's someone that I look up to as a, as a journalist and a broadcaster. But as uh, we all kind of said, I think the, the end of the day here is Everyone comes out shitty on this. I hated the snowman line, and I didn't like Tony throwing Shivani under the bus. I really hated that because, again, if you go to Atlanta, Shivani is a legit broadcasting icon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for you, for him to have brought it, it was just a really weird thing, which to me, if I'm going to interpret it, it's it's very much that tweet was an extremely emotional driven moment where well, you're not showed he was thinking watching about... smackdown during like what are you doing tony yeah. yeah it's just not not a good idea at all but i mean the thing is i was fully expecting them to do something tonight i was fully prepared for them to I, do when something he was on with renee i was like what's he gonna say and then he did the best thing in the world and said this is an important announcement but i'm gonna I mean, pass this off to a yeah. talent and out came Adam Cole, who's very well spoken, which I, again I think is the right move for Tony overall for speaking. Yeah. Is being like, 
these are the important people. I'll do the lead in. I'll be like, here I am. And then pass it on to whoever. And then yeah. just keep continue to create now that just separation. Just do that on Twitter, Tony. Stop being Tony Twitter yeah, fingers. Just, you, you really need to find like a social media management crew to just be like, we're in charge of this. We're going to be dealing with this. Yeah. And just no longer giving you that ability to, because you're very clearly an emotional person that has a moments where you react emotionally to things. And there's nothing wrong with being an emotional person. It's just that that can't work from a business sense. So you have to be able to create that separation, create that divide, and let someone else be that filter that stops you from sending these tweets that don't need to happen. And Joel... And then we'll and center. You have anything else to say? I'll let you go after this. What's the one thing we were told in broadcasting school as a broadcaster? Don't become the story. Yeah, and become the story. and like that's the th- and that's the other thing with Hawani is he has become the story a couple times, many times from co- stuff with Dana, from other fighters. Like it continuously is a situation where this, where all respect to Dave, Dave hasn't become that. I Stephen A. Smith. Well, you want to say, like, there's never really been a Stephen A. Smith outside of him interfering with athletes. You may be pissed at a Stephen A. Smith take or a Skip Bayless take, but you don't really have Skip Bayless until the bullshit he did with uh, with Harmon uh, recently. But for the most part, these guys don't become the story. And as a broadcaster, your ultimate goal is to be the reporter, not the reported. Well, as a- you- Oh, go ahead, Senator. Yeah, go ahead, Senator. I think the problem. I think the problem with all of this, though, is for Ariel. Ariel has built himself up more as a character than the reporter in the past couple of years. And for Tony Khan, Tony Khan is still a wrestling fan that just happens to own a company. True. And when you have when you have those type of dynamics, it. It never turns out being uh, right for either one because you're no one's looking at it professional. When he when when uh, Hawani got released from ESPN, and he did that whole uh, he did the Hawani stuff on mm-hmm. damn batards and stuff. I was like, okay, I know exactly where this is going. And for Tony, Tony's always done the same thing all the time so he needs somebody to just block his twitter and just and just go from there because you tweet like a fan and you're not tweeting like an actual business owner yeah uh julian last comment before we move on i i was just gonna say you look at uh because there's been a lot of question about wrestling journalism integrity lately uh, and you look at it where I don't think Dave's ever really become a main focal point in the story. I think I don't think John Pollock's ever been a focal point in a story, and I don't think Sean Ross Sapp has either. No. And those are the three you kind of look at uh, just within it. I mean, you you follow uh, Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter, and there's so, there's a little bit of he will call people out for certain things and it can get a little heated on Twitter. Twitter's just a cesspool, as we've all learned. Yeah, that's the problem with Sean Ross. He calls everybody out. That's a story for a mm-hmm. different day. But you you go through and you go, like, you look at John Pollock, who I think is, I would argue he is, he might not break the most stories, but you know if something's coming from Pollock, it's 100% vetted and it's it's ready for print. He is, a, he is the... He is the peak of what you want from a wrestling journalist. And I think that just weekends like this remind you of just the integrity of someone like John Pollock, who is also Canadian, has. And is very close with Ariel. And I thought the way he talked about it on their pod was was really well done. Uh, Let's move on to that Montreal show. Um, We'll get to the main event because that'll be the biggest talking point. I'll just say... Uh, before we get to the chamber match first, do you guys have comments about any of the other matches at all? The, the men's chamber I want to talk about for a second because I don't really have any comments specifically. We'll talk about Raw and stuff leading from Raw afterwards, but just comments on any matches, any other matches from the chamber at all, Joel? 
Uh, it, was, it was such a mistake not putting Rhea over at the at, yeah at that show. What it's not gonna hurt Beth. It's not gonna hurt Edge to have Rhea get the pin and look strong heading into Mania. That was one of the things that were very glaringly like, okay, what are you doing? Brock and Bobby's finish was like, oh, okay, well. When, when Brock is, and Bobby are both going, is yeah. It's just like, uh, I thought the show, like, I thought it was a fine show. Uh, the Men's Elimination Chambers when it started really picking up for me. That was, that was, was the fine... second best match of the night for me. Yeah. Yeah. That I think. Really good. I think the. I think the the first best was in Japan for me, but that yep, was definitely in that top three. Yeah, I but it, it just goes to show what you can do when you have lots of talent. But everything else on the card was just meh. It was there. Senator, any other thoughts other than the chamber match and the main? Um, I was I actually liked the I liked the the premium live event except for the Bobby Brock. Yeah, but then I kind of, when I thought back of it, I was like, I did kind of say that there was gonna be like some screwy finish, or there's gonna be like a, like it's gonna be somebody else that replaces them because they're gonna try to lean this more towards WrestleMania, because they'll say it's kind of like one of those. I still am holding, I'm still holding that that's gonna be one of the things. I know that they teased the match, but that match we'll is just that. ridiculous. Right, let's just do it now. Uh, so let's just do it now. So. As far as Bobby and, and and Brock, as of we're recording today, the direction is believed to be Bobby facing Bray, which makes zero sense, and Brock facing almost, which makes zero sense, to the point that these make such little sense, it has to be Bobby and it has to be Brock. And I think it's a swerve within the company to make you want to have that match for WrestleMania, right? Man, well, I just want to say this. I think almost is like I don't. I don't want to say this during Black History Month, <laughs> but I also think that almost is so trash. Like I can't. Like there's there's giants and there's actually giants that can do stuff, and when people might forget how athletic the big show Paul White was. Mm-hmm. But he was a giant that could actually like do things. Yeah, You look at almost almost at this point, even though it's his young career, he moves like old Andre. And, and <laughs> like, I don't, there's a Need for him in the company? Do we even think Brock could have five him? Because that's the spot. It's the see Brock at five. I don't even know if Brock could have five him. I don't know. Brock is Brock is ridiculous. Honestly, that should but... just be the thing on Raw. It should just be he comes out, he f fives almost. I want Bobby. Yeah, just make it simple like that. I don't. This match is. I just. I don't care. <laughs> this it's is the bathroom say, break for your mania care. party, Joel. Like, this is the thing where you have like even like for me, I'd much rather see Brock paired up with Gunther. That's more That's what everybody wants. Go. And you gotta think, how many more WrestleManias does Brock really have before Brock's like, I just want to spend time on my farm. I'm done. I've had a nice run. Like uh, I think you said on the the weekend, I think you said that Bobby Brock's been back longer than his first run. Yep. So you've got to think, okay, how many more? Brock's been there years? for thirteen oh, years. Thirteen years. It was oh nine, right? Point? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. you've got to kind of ask yourself where where is the line for brock in terms of being a performer and bobby thing yeah that's fine you can do that at mania i that's probably the the second best option your first one is gunther through and through it's gunther but if you're gonna do it don't waste 
uh brock mania on almost that's just a that's a monday night raw thing where you can see the spot and he spins him around and it's like yay look at brock he could throw throw almost around great and then move him on to bobby at mania like i'd rather them do even almost do... for shack Honestly, <laughs> honestly, I'm not even gonna lie to you. That would be even more entertaining than, than yeah. this right here. Because you're not wasting Brock then. Yeah. Well, and the thing is with with Brock is you like we've seen such great Brock matches. Mm-hmm. Like Brock has such great matches, and I just feel like you're like That's even to Gunter. It'd be incredible. Uh, but with the Bobby thing, even if you're swerving us to swerve us to make us want, no, that's dumb. That's a waste of time. There's no point in that. You're just like, I don't see the logic in being like, we're going to give you almost a Brock. Oh, you know what? Jalagi Willigers, here we go. We'll go Bobby, Bobby and Brock. Why? Like, it's just dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. And it's a waste of time. Yep. Just do Bobby and Brock at Mania and be done with it. And also, Bobby and Bray makes no sense. That just, it reminds me, do you guys remember, I can't remember Mania was, but Batista and Umaga didn't have opponents. And they're like, it's the brand supremacy challenge! And it was just Batista, Bruce Umaga, because they had nothing for either one of them. And like, yeah, sure, Batista and Umaga, that's, that's, that's what we'll do. And that's kind of what Bobby and Bray feels like. If that's the case, like, ah, uh, we got nothing for Bray. We got nothing for Bobby. Sure. Why not? Makes no sense. It's just bad. It, it, it does show holes in WWE. Bobby's over. Still. Bobby is over. You look at Monday Night Raw with the crowd. He is over. Even though he's supposed to be a heel right now. Uh-huh. But he's over. So and I don't know like what's going on with this whole is is MVP back with him is he not like it's just it's kind of all over the place that's why I'm wondering is this just a trap and then they're all going to be back together on Monday to set it all up I don't really know taking Brock to Grand Rapids which I'm sure Brock isn't too thrilled about either <laughs> all respect to Grand Rapids there's just honestly it's I. Think that we could we could all book a way better WrestleMania, and I think that when you look at the if if it happens to be Bobby and Bray, and if it happens to be Almost and Brock, put those on two separate nights, so that we can go up, we can grab whatever snacks, get our refills, all that stuff, because we need those two matches on two nights in yeah. order to restock. Yeah, those are definitely the reset matches. Um, and man, oh, go ahead, what, real quick. What would be the storyline for Bobby versus Bray? How does Uncle How? I just it makes my head hurt. That one that makes a lot of sense. At least at least Brock and Omos, it's the whole Big John Stud thing with with Andre in a way of like, can he F five Omos? And to a degree, I could kind of buy into it. I don't want it. But I could be like, okay, I kind of do want to see the spot. But like Senator was saying, I'd rather just see, I don't want to see it at WrestleMania. I just want to see it on a Raw. But I could buy into like, okay, I get it. You want to see the spot of him F5 in Amos. That's kind of cool, whatever. But the brand, the Bobby one, like I said, it, it makes no sense. Um, I really saw, quickly. I saw a report real quick. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I saw a report saying that the reason why they wanted to go towards this way is because then you can bring in more of it would be Bobby reuniting with the hurt business going against um the puppets Ray, Uncle Howdy, and you it slowly introduce one more person. Where's Bliss in all of this? There's no female in the hurt business. I they're saying it slowly integrates there's the whole thing with Bray right now has been slow build, like extremely yeah. slow build. So you introduce one more person and then you go against like the judgment day next. And then well, you we get shelter in the girl media there. match. Yeah. I'm all for it. That would be amazing. Not in the Andre, the giant 
Battle no. Royale. So I only will allow it as a Shelton as a mania match. Anyways, uh men's rumble match, uh Ren's chamber match, really quick. Just thought, man, what a great match. And I, I thought it did something that WWE hasn't done for a while. Pretty much everyone in that got accelerated. Uh Bronson looked awesome and looks like a killer. Mm-hmm. I think they did a really good job of Bronson. I have no idea what he is for Mania. It's it, it, realistically that should almost be the almost match. It's Bronson versus almost, and Bronson slams almost. It's a win-win for almost. He gets a Mania paycheck, but Bronson gets to go on and slam, and he slays the giant, and then almost goes off a of TV. There, I booked it way better, <laughs> way better right there. Of. Bronson becomes a, the monster slayer, whatever. Uh, I thought Montez looks like an absolute super duper star. It's it's crazy. I was interested. Street profits weren't on Raw. I still wonder what's going on there. If the Dawkins, really quickly, guy on TikTok did this really good breakdown of everything. Since Dawkins has lost weight since SummerSlam, all the tag team matches, Dawkins has gotten the win and helped Trez when he mm. was in trouble. It's, and it, uh, like he went back and went through every single thing, and it was just kind of what um, what Senator was talking about. So Dawkins can be like, "Yo, I've just been trying to be the, you know, I've been doing us and whatever." And Trez could turn on him, like he was saying. I was like, "There is some merit here that maybe this was all part of a slow build." So I thought that was really really interesting. You could go both ways, but it was interesting to watch that TikTok breakdown of Dawkins has been getting more of the wins for the Street Profits. I think everyone came off like stars in there. Um, I think that that Johnny Gargano, Seth Rollins move off the pod was ridiculously insane. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes you watch matches and you're like, "Oh, that's such an amazing move." I was legit scared for Gargano doing that move. Especially when they showed the replay, I on um, one of the angles, it really looked like he hit his head on the pod. So when he was on the ground and he was holding his eye, I was like, "Is this re- is this serious?" Because that's a zero room for error move. Even the Montez Ford flip off the top of the cage, like they were doing some, they were doing some crazy moves in there but i do think it elevated a lot of people uh logan paul once again shows like he can actually do this what a punch on what a stomp yeah not a lot of people can do the stomp properly that match could be a five-star match i'm not even joking (laughs) it has it has the potential so yeah, no, I th- I think I think they did a great job in in that one, and yeah, it's leading. They built stories up, built people up. So, Joel Chamber thoughts before we get to the main. Uh, I thought it was it was the the best match of the night for Elimination Chamber. Like yeah, the agree. whole pay per view, I just thought they did such a great job, and like everyone came out stronger than when they entered in. Even Theory did. We it didn't mention champion, set, but Theory did too. Yeah, yeah. Everyone looked great. Theory's presentation was good. This is the first time you're like, you, I can get past Johnny Gargano's horrible music yeah. and be like, oh, yeah, this is the Johnny Gargano I remember. This is the mm-hmm. Gargano that when he went out every night for a takeover or went out for uh, an NXT taping was out there and just killing it. Like Montez Ford looked great. Uh, like Bronson Reed, like everyone in that, like Seth, like there's not enough praise I can keep on to this match. It was a fantastic match and it furthered stories along and it leads you going, okay, what's next for Bronson Reed? We know where Seth's going next. What's going to happen there? Uh, You just, Damian Priest looked good. Like everyone looked strong in that chamber and it, it, it reminded you what freak athletes some of these guys are like Montez Ford is a freak athlete Mm -hmm. like it's Mm -hmm. incredible like he's he's probably within the top five of just we had that conversation hey you and I Joel were like ricochet and uh the other I totally forgot what I was going to say there that's all really I said if I get it I'll come back to it um 
All right, let's get to the main event uh, here. Uh, Sammy Zayn loses to Roman Reigns. So I'll really kick say my thoughts. I'll let Senator go, then I'll let you go, Joel. Um, this is all I'll say really quick. I'll let you guys go a little longer. Having watched back the match, I understand it overall. I'm not happy with it. And I think, you know, maybe you should have, maybe there was merit to just having him win the one night and do it. But there is something to keeping the streak going. I, I should say this. I am in the camp that he's not, Cody's not winning at Mania. I do think Roman is winning at Mania. I do not think Cody is winning. I think that, that at this point, if you're going to keep this going, this was the chance to take the belt off. You're going to go to 1,000. What is the point to have this and not get to 1,000? They fucking love their numbers so much. I just can't see them not getting to 1,000. I just, I just, I don't see it. Uh, I was bummed out about the KO no hug, but after what they did on Raw, I'm cool with it because KO shouldn't want to give Sammy a hug. He destroyed his life. He screwed him in the in the in the cell. He didn't help him. He was against him for all these years. So why would he run down and help him win a championship? Why would he give him a hug afterwards? So that part of the storyline, getting to watch it play out, and sometimes I do think we need to let it be embraced and watch the storyline and everything like that. I give it to them. Also, I think a lot of us are mad because they baited our feelings. They had us standing up. They had us seeing his wife at ringside and giving giving the wife a kiss and be like, okay, he has to do this now. His wife is there. Like, he has to do this. On, on top of it all, um, and now we're going to see what happens with Jay on SmackDown. I think the storyline is still in a really good spot. Yeah, it would have been really cool to have that moment. And I do question not hitting on it because you're never going to have that opportunity again. Taking it back and taking the emotions out of it and seeing where the greater storyline is right now, I understand it. I'm not thrilled with it, but I understand it as far as the greater storyline goes. I do think after watching Ottawa, Sammy did come out bigger from this weekend. Sammy is looked at as a bigger star in the company. How you follow up with that, we will see. I think Roman stayed the exact same. I think the bloodline stayed the exact same. I think the overall weekend took Sammy and made him to a different level. Senator? Uh yeah, I think I I think Josh the Saturday night you messaged in the group and said like if we wanted to record a pod after the episode, yeah. I think the smart thing was to was to not do it. Um I think one of the best parts about it was Kale's promo on Monday. Yeah. I think Kale's promo on Monday kind of cleared up some of the doubts of what was what everyone was feeling on Saturday and the reasoning made a lot of sense. And one simple line when he said, just go ask, ask your boy Jay, mm -hmm. like right there, it builds the, you can use that to build like two more weeks of storyline of, mm -hmm. of a lot of different stuff. I like the match. I think that, uh, uh, for people that forgot that Sammy can actually wrestle, yeah, this this reminded them that he can wrestle. It's not obviously it's not like NXT Sammy, but he put on a real show. Uh, the only downside to the match to me was Roman Reigns' voice was gone. So when he was doing his trash talk, it just didn't sound as good as it normally no. does. Yeah, but. It did what entertainment's supposed to do pull pull on emotions and mm -hmm. everything like that. So I think it I think it did the job that it's supposed to do. And yeah, that's pretty much all I gotta say about that match, to tell you the truth. I, I before you go, Joe, I think you are right. Cause if we did that pot on Saturday, this is a it's a much different it's a much different show. Joel. Well, I I just you look at it in I'm still looking at what an incredibly missed opportunity they had. Yep. Because my thing is, Roman Reigns isn't the streak that he has. The streak number is really nice and it looks great. But the reality is, they're never going to heat up a champion to even come remotely close to this number. So if you pop that number on Saturday, that's not going to kill Roman's heat. That's not going to kill any of the momentum Roman has. Easily kick the title back on Roman. Sammy gets an incredible moment. And you have something that 
will be looked at years and years and years down the line. And I I still think it's a missed opportunity. I still very much in the camp of like, you missed a, a genuine opportunity. And I know you can't always give the fans what they want, but I think this is one of those times where they, they probably should have. And it yep. proved the other thing that is proved is Sammy is over everywhere. And Meltzer even was reporting this heading into Saturday, where even with Roman not on the show, the Sammy is moving the needle. Like he is moving the needle consistently. So it tells you that he is a draw. You can make money off Sammy. And what better way than to give him his Mick Foley moment? Because the thing is, we talked about this on the weekend. Mick never had really long title reigns. No, no. He never needed those long title reigns. They did reigns. it during Mania between Austin and Rock, too, because they're like, fuck it. Just, just, just do it. Yeah. And you you did it. You cr- Mick was a made man in that moment. And he could... He, Austin's the only reason he won the title, for Christ's sake. But no one cares about that because they go, Mick won the title. And you remember Mick running around the ring holding that title... To me, you missed out on creating because you could say, Sam, I, I still think Sammy's the same. I think what happened is we've so we now know for sure that Sammy is a main event talent, yeah. he's made it there, but I don't think Saturday made him. I think it was the Friday that made Sammy's it. Did. That's why I said that the moment, weekend. In my- that's why I said the yeah. weekend. Like, yeah. I, I think that moment is when you're like, okay, yeah, this is a guy that we can take, strap a rocket to whenever we want, and he'll be just fine. But you should have strapped the rocket in that moment. Because he wins the title, he loses it in a week or two. No one's going to sit there. You're in MSG, by the way. Up. They have a show coming up at MSG. I would have just put yeah. the title. I didn't know that beforehand, but they have a show in MSG. And uh, I would have done one of two things. That's where I would have done Cody cashing in. The I would have said, I want my my Rumble match. I don't want it, Mania. I want it at the Garden because the story makes more sense at the Garden. Yeah, um, and, and then oh. Cody could have won it at the Garden. And then he's defending the title at Mania against Roman. You could do it that way. Um, because Cody Sammy's so elated, he gets he's going it's at the garden. I'll do it for Cody. Cody wins it at the garden, whatever. Um, but I kind of just knew that with the numbers that they had, like you said, the streaks don't matter. And I agree with you. It doesn't, but for them, those things are important. I can see the shirt that says a thousand days and all that kind of shit, because that's where they are. And that's at the end of the day, I do think it was a mistake not to put the title on because they've now had two times for the, like, and I don't know who the next hometown star that's going to bubble up that happened, but Drew was mental. This was a whole different level than what Drew had, but he didn't pull the trigger with Drew when there was the buildup for Drew because he didn't get his mania moment because of the pandemic, and this was the makeup, right? And they didn't do that, and then they did the weird Tyson Fury thing at the end, and that was really shitty, but you're like, okay, I, I guess. And then this was another one where you didn't get it, and I thought the, the, the craziest thing was just Sammy just in the presser and after all the bullshit of all the fake ass questions from majority of the people outside of uh, John Pollock and Brandon Thurston, uh, just Sammy just realistically deflated, and it it wasn't it was a shoot, it was legit, it wasn't a work, it was a shoot. I'm just saying, like I'm just bummed. It just I feel strange, and I think he legit feels strange because I think he thought, and maybe as a worker, bought into when Roman pins me everyone's going to be so mad and that's going to make this chase when I get the take titles or even if I win a money in the bank so much more electrifying when I do it. And then when it went just flat, I think that fucked with Sammy's head in the presser. Well, and like you, you read online people saying that this may have been the greatest wrestling match they've ever seen live and the greatest thing ever since sliced bread. And I just, I look at the, end result i look at the senator was absolutely right it was it was a clusterfuck for to get yeah. to that end i think that hurt it because it started you had all this stuff going back and forth and like okay well what's happening next obviously this person's coming out and now you're sitting your tension's almost taken away from in ring and you're looking down the ramp okay who's coming out next 
which Uso's coming out, what's happening next. And it just takes away from the match. And then when you got to the end, it was just kind of, like you said, it was flat. It wasn't like a genuine, like, man, screw Roman. We're so mad at him. We can't wait for the white knight. Yeah, just absolutely deflated. And you you look at that. Like, you look at matches that have had incredible finishes where the crowd is so entrenched in the match. I go back to uh, Shibata and Okada. I go to Kenny Kenny Okada in the bank. Kenny won the title. Like all those moments where there's an elation when there's a finish to that match, and there's so much excitement, and there's just like this was incredible. You could have had that moment. I think you could have even had that moment with Roman winning, had you kept some of the rat fuckery out of the match and had it be a little bit cleaner and a natural progression and build to that finish. But because you need to have the rat fuckery in. And the other thing is, they had a chance to make Jay. They had a chance to make Jay either a big heel or a big baby face with that chair. And instead, to me, he looks like nothing. a geek. Yeah, like, nothing. And the whole thing is, he gets hit by Sammy. And now what? Is he mad at Sammy? Like, we're going to get our answers Friday. But it's like, you you ha- you left him at, uh, staring at two fences not sure which way he was going to go over the fence. And he just sat there and he was like, oh, I'm just going to be knocked out. And that's, I just, you missed a chance elevating Jay, which has been the the secret star of all of this. And that's the guy, by the way, and Joel, you just kind of left him. I, I think that's the guy that should beat Roman is Jay. Because if he doesn't beat him for the title, he should be the thing that sends Roman packing and disappearing from TV. Because the story started with him it should end there. Like yeah. if you're if you're looking at being like this incredible story, and it's been a good story that they've told, but you need to stick the ending. You have to stick the ending for this to be one of the best stories ever told in pro wrestling. Oh. And if you don't stick that ending, I'm just it's not it's not gonna fall where you're gonna want it to. And they can do it. They absolutely can do it. But now you, I'm very, I'm curious to see what they do next. But I think they they didn't accomplish as much as they'd hoped with this elimination chamber match. I think that they were looking at, and this is kind of like the best equivalent that I can put it to. When Brock beat Taker, mm. and I think that that response is kind of the response that they wanted from the crowd of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this happened. Mm -hmm. And being able to get those shots from the people in the crowd just with that like, can't believe this, can't believe this, can't believe this. But then what they kind of got was more of, is this really how it's going to end? Right? Like there's there's two different ways. They went for one thing and they, the clusterfuck that we, knew that it was going to end up being at nearing the end. Cause like, even if we really think about it during that time, uh, Sammy kicked out of two spares. If we really want to do a breakdown, Sammy kicked out of two spares. Jay disappeared after Sammy hit one. That's not even Sammy's move. You know what I mean? So like that would have been one where at that very end, after he got pinned, Jay, if Jay was back in that ring at some point, but he got hit with the spare, disappeared. Jimmy came back. Jimmy was the one that had to be back in the ring. We still don't even know where Jay went after. We didn't even see him when when KO walked out. We didn't like none of that, right? The crowd already knew KO was coming out because they they started chanting for KO as soon as Jimmy started uh, the beatdown of Sammy after. Like certain things seemed a little bit too telegraphed. We knew at one point that, and even if at one point, I I think we I said it on here that they're gonna use KO to try making the crowd go home happy. But without that embrace that you were talking about earlier, Josh, you kind of missed that mark too on it. Yeah. Like, yeah. and then you relied on people to hoping that people are going to tune in on Monday to see what happens. 
smartest thing that they could have done was kicked off raw with that part because if you made people wait for that part that would have been people would have turned turned away the smartest thing you could have done was that i was honestly thinking that they were going to try kicking it off with cody rhodes but no if a smart booker knows you have to clear up what happens the day before the first chance you get but wait making us wait for jay for friday i think was a wrong move too there should have been something like a backstage wwe clip or something like that that aired during raw and then you can promote that he's going to be there on smackdown like it's i've there was a few misses that they did with it but the actual match i think the actual match was good yeah it's uh, it's going to be interesting where everything goes. I mean, as of right now, I don't know what will be the main event tonight one, but that's definitely a contender alongside Seth and Logan and one of the women's matches, I'd say, right now are the leading contenders for night yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, quick last two WWE notes, and then we'll get to Japan, and then we'll get out of here. Um, Trish was at Raw. And then told to go home. I don't know what's going on with this women's title stuff. So Trish, uh, Trish, Lita and Becky face off against Damage Control on Monday. I guess they're going to win. And then they face Ronda and Baszler. But I don't really know what to think about what the direction is. I think there's a worry of Dakota Kai um, if she'll be healed by then. Well, she doesn't have you... anything when she's doing up, up, down, down or her stream. So I think it's yeah. a work. Yeah. So I'm hoping that that's the case, but it might be one of those ones where she is able to kind of uh, move around and all that stuff. But yeah. And it's not something that she might tweak or anything like that on the, like on the way. Yeah. But um, I have a feeling that they're going to play into like Trish coming at some point soon i think it was either let's figure out for sure if dakota is actually if it's a work or if it's actually like a shoot then you don't want to tease trish if you might need bailey to replace kai mm-hmm. right but if you get the clear for kai then you can kind of bring trish in and you can have trish bailey and then lita and becky versus the rest of damage control, you know, you get two matches out of it that way. Uh, the Miz thing, uh, Joel, I don't, you probably didn't see this because you, you can't be bothered. I don't blame you, but uh, Miz got the golden envelope from Maurice, uh, for his mania plans. I, I'm assuming, or are we just assuming it's him hosting? Probably, yeah. Uh, um, he hit a half court shot at the all star weekend, he so. did, it was great. Uh, Chelsea Green got sent to the Ron Ottawa. She got sent to Ottawa, Illinois, and I don't care. This storyline continues to amuse me. It's smart how they did it, knowing that she can't come back to Canada until everything's worked out. Yeah. So, so I liked that little way how they integrated. Is that what happened? Is, is there something with her and Cardona's marriage that's making that happen? So pretty much right now, like if she came back to Canada, um, she doesn't have, I think it's, there's been some issues with her visa saying that she was independent and now she's with the company and that they have to figure out how the, the company has to get the working visa in place and everything like that. So right Even now, though she's she married to back, an American? Yeah, because that whole thing hasn't, it's a certain timeline where it works when you get married that you have to, that before Man, it kicks everyone's in. having easy, so it, all these Canadians. Kenny's it, having his right now again, too, apparently. That's why Kenny wasn't on the show tonight. Kenny's having issues again. Yeah, so that was the issue with that. So she couldn't come, she couldn't cross the border. So mm-hmm. they use they use that as a way. And I thought that was a smart way to do it. So keep her Oma still Mar- involved. Oma Maria Canellis, by the way, Ottawa, Illinois. Mm. Uh, and the last one is the rumored match for Johnny Gargano and Candice uh, and Dexter for Mania. Do you have you guys heard what that is? No. Then for sanity. Eric Young is under contract with the company. Whatever. I think that'll be perfectly fine. Johnny Gargano deserves a better one-on-one match, but sure. Gotta gotta build him back up. We need Indy to come in at the end, though. 
Indy has to come in at the very end. That's that's all I ask. Yeah. We need index at Mania. Uh, all right. So there's WWE for the past week. Um, New Japan, Joel, Mercedes Monet. First of all, get friends like she has. If you watch her documentary with all the friends there, and then Bailey and Trin uh, all at um, and Tamina all at the show and just showed that she's one of the best in the game. Just a tremendous match with Kyrie. Just really, really well done. Oh, it was, it was a solid match. It was, it just, you could see a little bit of like, it's going to take a little bit for her to really find her groove, yeah. but the match was solid. This is a match you could have had at WrestleMania. They had both of them under contract and they could have had this match at WrestleMania, but God forbid they have nice things sometimes. Uh, this, I, I, Monet looked like a star. Uh, tribute tribute to Hannah Kamara was great. Like just, it just seems like she's having a lot of fun. And I, I, I will continue to stress this until the day she walks back into WWE's doors. Really hope she doesn't go back for a couple of years. I, I want to see her go on this run of just doing stuff on with New Japan, other companies, just having fun and tapping into that love of professional wrestling. And I thought the match was great. And it was, it was, it was definitely the last match that I watched. I did not watch Okada and Tanahashi yet because frankly, that's a lot of wrestling to watch through through a whole day. It's um, it's an Okada and Tana it, match. It's it's what you think yeah. it is. It's good. Yeah, it's gonna be you you're gonna be like, yes, this was a really good match between two of probably well, and Tanahashi's probably an all-time great. Uh anywho, uh Monet just it, the merch looks great. The seeing Bailey celebrate. I can't. I want Bailey free. I want to see Bailey go on this run because I think it would be just so much fun to see. Uh, but Monet delivered. Kyrie delivered. Everyone. It was a good show. It was a good show from New Japan. Uh, there were some long matches that probably went a little too long. Uh, but you know, Jay White. Jay White's done now. Yeah. Um. Senator, your thoughts on um, Monet, and then we'll talk about Jay White. Yeah, I honestly, I was to say I was impressed. I was impressed again um, because she was actually doing a lot of new moves too, mm -hmm. which is which shows that when she was showing those videos of her going around the world uh, training with all these different uh, greats she's trying to find a way to put them all together, mix in all these different styles. And it's still going to take a little while to get out of that WWE type system of when you're doing things. But I think this is our first match back. And I think her and there's nobody better that she could have done it with than Kyrie, who also did the WWE system. So she knows, okay, and she's been out a little bit longer, so she knows exactly how to kind of lead the match, even though Monet was dominating the match. I think Kyrie led the match, so that's a credit to both of them. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we do get that match that is being hinted at in Impact, I'd be, I'd be excited for that. Yeah, we'll talk about that really quickly at the end here. Uh, just in Jay White... I don't I don't know what Jay's future holds. Um if he is gonna be in WWE for Mania, you'd assume it'd be next week because he's not gonna probably I don't know if he'd do the Cena show particularly. It depends where AJ's health is, because that would be if if there's gonna be anything with AJ, it's gonna happen probably next week. Cause they like to simp they, they normally like to seem to have their matches for Mania booked with about three weeks to build everything up three to four weeks. And that's why like even that Cena and Boston, that seems like the last mm -hmm. show to book stuff with. Um, but I'm starting to think with everything that happened today, <laughs> he doesn't know. Cause I think he's going to probably face Adam Cole, but I don't think they have the announcement ready to go. So that's, I wonder if that was a case of everything with Tony today of, we thought we had Jay lined up. We don't have him lined up just yet. So we'll say Adam Cole's coming back. So I do think he will go to AEW. I think it would be good for him to go to AEW. Yeah. But I would also like 
I have this thought in my head of how I would like if he went to WWE his his debut to be, yeah. and I would want it to be. If you remember when Undertaker returned and Triple H returned right after, and they just yeah. looked at the WrestleMania they do that with him and AJ. Sign, do that for him and AJ. Have AJ come get that big pop, and then Jay White just just uh, gets introduced. But you need a smart. You need to be in a smart city for that. Not so not Grand Rapids. You can't be in Grand Rapids for that. So that, Boston. That needs, so the Boston crowd then. Boston crowd could do it. Like you need one of those major wrestling fans that yeah. actually pay. It's like when AJ debuted at Royal Rumble. Doing it in Orlando, smartest thing you could do, right? Yeah. Like that's a, that's the type of stuff. With with Jay, I almost think I'd rather see him go to WWE than AEW. I just oh, think he, he it would be just. Like uh, if he was in AEW, I'm not going to complain at all. But I think going there, I think he has the strengths and the look and everything that I think he would flow very well in WWE. But it, it's I'm really curious to see where he goes next. Yeah, uh, he definitely right. is going to be wrestling stateside, though for sure. Yeah, I didn't think we'd have time for this, but Joel's got five minutes before his heart out. So let's do this Impact card because. Loki really good. Uh, so you have Joe Henry versus Moose. Uh, for those that don't know, Joe Henry is the former Killian Dane. So they're defending it's uh for the digital media championship. I'm not gonna pick sides here really quick. I'm just gonna say if you guys want to say something really quick, you can't just seems like that's a good match to to uh too big to slap meat. Uh, He's going by Joe Henry. Joe Henry, yeah. I saw Joe Henry was somebody else. So. Yeah, I thought Joe Henry was feuding with Matt Cardona. Oh, he was trained by Killian Dane. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the correction there. Uh, yeah, I thought Joe, Joe Henry was too, but then I just, because I went to his Wikipedia when we are talking. Uh, but still, Joe Henry is really good. Him versus Moose should be good. Yeah, I like the match. I have Henry winning because he's just over with the crowd. Uh, then we have Frankie Kazarian versus... Con, who Joel, if you don't know who that is, that is the former Connor oh. from WWE in the uh, the tag team that we had there, the former Connor O'Brien, the Ascension, yeah, from the Ascension. Did not know he was in Impact. That is an interesting match for Frankie Kazarian to come back to Impact for his pay per view debut. Yeah, he took over for Eric Young. Okay, violent, violent by design. Right, so yeah, because Eric Young is, like I said, he has signed with WWE. Yeah. Um, then you have the Tate Team Championships. You have the Death Dolls of Jessica and Taya Valkyrie against the Hex of Aslan K and Marty Bell. Um, interesting. Uh, I like the I I like Marty Bell. I like Aslan K. I'll go with them. Uh, give me. Is it Death Dolls? Is that what their name is again? Yeah, know. yeah. Uh, I, they just they just love Taya, so they do. Uh, Joel, here's a match to get your attention: the Time Machine, which is Alex Shelley, Chris Sabian, and Kushida against the Bullet Club of Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and Kenta. That's gonna be a good match. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. gonna be a good match. Oh, yeah. Probably uh, match of the night. Probably match of the night. Uh, four-way match to determine the number one contender for the Impact World Championship. Yikes. <laughs> Brian Myers versus Heath versus PCO versus Steve Macklin. Steve Macklin, the former Steve Cutler from WWE for the Forgotten Sons. That is a that is a that is a number one contenders match. All right. I will say this: Steve Macklin has been doing an amazing job. In I, I have heard that, so, so it seems like he's yeah. the way. To, I'm just surprised that John Grisham versus Mike Bailey is in the pre-show. What? Yeah. Why is that in the pre-show? Why aren't they in this number one contenders match? Because you have PCO there. I guess so. Um, then you have Josh Alexander versus Rich Swan for the Impact World Championship. Should be a really good match. I'd assume Alexander will win, though. Yeah, I don't think they. I think they want to stretch out this uh, longest title reign for a little bit longer. And then you have Mickey James versus Masha Slamonovich 
look, no one really cares. I will respect to Masha. I hope she has a good showing against Mickey James, but that's not the reason people are going to be watching that match. And the, everyone's going to be seeing if Monet is the reason uh, for this match. And if, if Mercedes comes out after the match. Yep. Especially because she teases it. Do you, do you, do you guys think she comes out? Yes. I do too. I'm gonna say I think that's too. Mania Week. I think that's her match Mania Weekend. But that just sucks though. Masha Masha just keeps every time she get gets there and it's supposed to be her time, somebody with a bigger name is available. And so because <laughs> Mickey's still on this run that her next loss is her retirement. Yeah. Right. So yeah, I don't know if you want Mercedes. So by the way, Sacrifice, which is the next pay-per-view, it's in Windsor, it's in Ontario. On the 24th, so a week before Mania. So I almost wonder if they have a special show before Mania. Maybe that's where you do Mercedes. Because I don't know if you want to give that match away on that show before Mania weekend. If they, I, no, I guess, no. if they're even doing yeah. a, a show Mania weekend. I doubt they're going to do a show Mania They did last weekend, year, yeah. that's why I thought, because they did the multiverse of matches or whatever. Isn't that is coming up? I swear they announced that one too. Or was it or surrender? No surrender gonna be that. Maybe. Maybe that's it. But uh there you go. I mean it's 13 bucks on fight, so you can't go wrong on that. Uh, you know, just to talk about someone else other than the rest of the companies. All right, uh, we are gonna get out of here. Senator, thank you so much. Joel, thank you as always. Hope everyone enjoyed a at the end of the day, as much as we were unhappy about Sammy not winning. It was just a, it was an exciting week for pro wrestling. And you look at the NBA ratings, it seemed like wrestling had a much better week and kind of dominated as the main thing over uh, all-star weekend. So everyone, thanks so much for listening until next time. Cheers. Enjoy the debate. Thank you for listening. Your-